Hey, Julie. Hey, Julie. Welcome to Hey, Julie, the podcast about Clement O'Brady, <laughs> Nolan the Chameleon, and the Heat of the Bear. <laughs> Whoa. Danielle, <laughs> how are you? I'm so good. I mean, I'm not as good as Taylor and Monty, that's for sure. But I'm good. We got to talk about that eventually. Like, where do we start? There's a lot going on. We're going to have a world premiere review <laughs> I was just gonna of say. a movie that's not coming out for two months. <laughs> we have to start. We have to really put our audience through the ringer and make them prove to us how much they love us and are chatting about Big Brother because we're going to make them sit through a review <laughs> of a film that's only screening at festivals at the moment that I we saw. Have to, we have to talk about basically the open admission that someone at CBS watches Big Brother or watch or listens to Hey Julie. Yeah, absolutely. That has become incredibly clear this past season. If not I actually from the, yeah. I have a theory about this whole thing, too. Oh, OK. Well, first, should I give my review? Should we save it for the end? <laughs> sure. OK, yeah, okay. let's save it for the end. Film heads, film buffs. <laughs> Letterboxed <laughs> pro platinum users. Yes. Danny saw the Fablemans yesterday and she's going to. Spielberg's newest joint film. Yeah. And she has a fire review for it. And we're, we're going to save that at the end because, like, in my mind, doing a bunch of bullshit that nobody wants to listen to at the beginning <laughs> of the podcast is not great podcasting. Oh, I thought that was our bread and butter. <laughs> but okay. I mean, we are definitely the most challenging. We challenge the medium. By like yes. <laughs> <laughs> being unhinged and not caring and not really knowing what we're talking about. Yeah. Do we start with Julie? Yeah, Do let's we start, start with, with Julie. the bear. What's going on? Let's start with Julie. We'll talk about FX's The Bear, the television show about a chef later. <laughs> okay, so Thursday night. There's a lot to talk about Julie outfit-wise. Like we can do a whole hour on it today, but let's just stick with Thursday night's ensemble. Okay. Well, the thing about Thursday night is that we saw Julie's current ensemble, the one she was wearing that night, but we also saw a plateau, a platter rather, a smorgasbord of <laughs> her past looks. And I really want to call bullshit because I feel like they snuck in some looks that I do oh, not remember. For sure. First of all, yeah. Because there were like 12 or 15. Yeah. And there's only been like eight weeks of Big Brother. Yeah. So I just think it was a lot of lies. A lot of lies they were trying to sell us. But okay. On Thursday, she... Gold... <laughs> Goldie. That's my daughter's name. <laughs> um, Julie was wearing a... Purple, a lavender, I would say, boxy cut blazer. Her hair was half swept up with a couple loose tendrils out. Her jewelry was minimal, except for a lightly chunky earring. Her pants and camisole underneath were black. This look honestly took me back to vintage Julie. This was like season eight. Julie, <laughs> like the blazer really threw me for a loop. It's possible that underneath it wasn't separate. It's possible it was a jumpsuit, but we'll never know. I give this look a hot. This is your worst take of like the last year. Wow. Vintage Julie. Vintage Julie looks like a vintage of like 1920s year old wine. <laughs> this was grandma. This was grandma ensemble. Okay. Are you telling me after we saw all the looks she wore this season that this was the worst? No. Remember the actual librarian outfit she wore with the culottes? <laughs> the no. loose slacks no. and the long vest worn as like a Turner. blouse? I was like Turner. I was like, I don't, I was like just fully guessing on all of the questions. Like, I was so amazed that that dance video was even happening. I didn't even have the ability to remember the order of things I and what color too. she was wearing. It was so shocking and, and distracting. Her facial expressions. Yeah. 
I mean, the she's movements not- itself themselves. It was just a lot to take in. I would have done the same thing. I would have just guessed because, like, within the first two seconds, I was like, "There's no way I'm going to be able to pay attention to what I'm supposed to be paying attention to." I'm paying attention to everything else, the overall vibes, the energy. Not to mention the fact that I was like half the time I was like, "This is it." <laughs> Peter, the co- the competitions director, is a Hey Julie fan. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like I, I was going to say, if it wasn't already clear from the repeated use of the line, yes. I'm living my mermaid fantasy yes. and I can't give up now. Yes. Now they do an entire hot or not comp. Yes. I mean, come on. Okay. So here's my theory on this. Okay. And we can, we can tally it up to our friend, Spoiler Girl. Oh, yes. Spoiler Girl. That's a followed account. Mm-hmm. Hey, Julie BB, not a followed account. <laughs> I don't even Much, know if we're followed by Spoiler Girl. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> Listen, in the in the realm of all podcasts, we're probably in the top 2% when Whoa. you consider that there are literally millions of podcasts that get 30 listeners a week. Yeah. And that's most podcasts. I'd say we have at least 31. 32 if if it's a week, if it's a spicy Marco week. <laughs> we do the written interview with Spoiler Girl, who's followed by tens of thousands. Tens of thousands, yeah. Spoiler Girl, our friend, don't know who they are. Maybe they're my neighbor, for all I know. <laughs> Retweets us a lot. Retweeted the episode. Hey, Check out this podcast Zoom to 54 minutes and 23 seconds where they read, they do a dramatic reading of my answers. People follow Spoiler Girl. And I think in this moment, she's retweeting us a lot. I think she got the attention. I think some people at CBS were like, I'll throw in my earbuds and yeah. listen to the weirdest most ineffective <laughs> Big Brother <laughs> podcast in the in the landscape. <laughs> and I think from there, the mermaid fantasy happens, the Julie dress thing happens, and yeah. we'll see. We'll see if the final HOH comp, like where they're standing on the, the scales of justice, is like uh, questions about like the Aaron Sorkin filmography. <laughs> then we'll know. We'll know. We will know. Yeah, I think that's a very possible theory because you know they're listening to her they're watching her with bated breath because like i said i believe that she has the true inside scoop she's right because people all the time she's the mandalorian or whatever they're trying (laughs) to hunt her down she's not welcome there and they you know mr cbs mr moonvest is like get me spoiler girl change her to jameson (laughs) She hates but Spoiler she Girl, wants to prove that Spoiler Girl is evil and 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 not helping the citizens of New York City. Yeah, I think they the production team listened to Hey Julie. They listened for the Big Brother content, but they stayed for the tens of thousands of other things we talk about. Remember one time we just talked about our garbage cans? <laughs> <laughs> nope. <laughs> We talked about our trash cans. Or like, like what color they were? Yeah, I think so. And like yeah, our our strategy cool. with like garbage bags or something. <laughs> anyway, we know you're listening and we welcome it. We say, hey, don't be shy. Slip us, slip us some production secrets and tantalizing tales. If you our need, DMs are open. If you need an official podcast, the Big Brother, look no further. Yeah, because we represent, you know, all those other podcasts rep- represent the freaking nerds. We represent the casuals, yeah. the everyday folk. The real people. <laughs> the real America. The real Americans, real Canadians. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay, we need to talk about the episodes. Okay, can we back it up to Sunday night? We'll, we'll move yes. th- forward to Thursday. Um, Man... Michael was so good. I know. Because, like, the first 20 minutes is just, like, what happens during the commercial breaks of all the of the live show of the double eviction. And you're like, man, this guy is incredible. He was so great. Not to mention the fact that he leaves and he's 
they're, he's still playing the game inside their heads. They are all tilted by Michael so yeah. hard. Like all five of them are like, what just happened? A like Freddy Krueger just got into my nightmares because yeah. of how hard Michael played in the final hour. And I loved it. Yeah, I I loved seeing the behind the scenes because like, you know, it's double eviction. We're seeing most of it. There's only like 10 minutes of commercials where we're not seeing what's going on, but they showed us most of it. And it's fun to watch. Like you can't help but love a player who really fought. And again, who I think made a really good pitch to the very last minute, very yeah. last second. I mean, he was so great. He His presence was very much missed, not just by me, but by Brittany as well. He tells Alyssa of all people who hasn't probably said five words to all summer Oh, Britney's lying about her profession, BTW. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which did, like, because Alyssa is, like, hardly playing the game. Like, she kind of only started, like, didn't really, hasn't really used that info, I don't feel. But. No. It, it was, uh, it was amazing. I do have an idea for, hey, now that we know okay. Big Brother producers are listening. I have an idea for future double evictions. Yeah. You know when they do the thing of, like, presented with limited, limited commercial interruption by Buick? And the beginning of the episode has like, we're gonna do like a four minute Buick ad and then we're gonna do no commercials because we yes. gotta see this Law & Order crossover event. Right. They gotta do that on the double eviction and they're gonna be like, yo, hey, it's Julie. Hey, here's what we're gonna do. Once we get the double eviction started, we're going no ads, but yes. we're gonna have to show like a four minute ad right now for the invitation or- yeah. Some and like a, f a full ass movie trailer or like a full Which ass like love. mini movie about like how Amazon is actually good. <laughs> and like, I would well, actually, we're a sustainable company sending everyone a million cardboard boxes a day. Yeah. Do that and then have the same amount of time as you would in the commercial breaks. But just go to quad box, just go to live stream quad box mm. and just like show it all live. That would be that would be some amazing television. And we know the producers are listening. So this is these are free ideas. You don't even have to pay Brett for that idea. And that was a great idea. I would accept payment. He would. And he will. Or a job. And if like you, if you just this, want me to be like sue. ideas, man, and be like. Less sound effects, more <laughs> squeaky sound effects. Yeah, the sound effects person was out of control this week. They were like, mm, Michael's gone. It's boring. Time for me to bust out the soundboard. They did this thing on Wednesday where they're talking about, you know, the thing that we always talk about where they discuss a player to player A and player B are discussing player C and they cut to the most embarrassing possible like, like B-roll of player C and it was Brittany brushing her teeth but there was like a drill sound of like, yeah, like, like a, a jackhammer or something like that <laughs> yeah. something very industrial and then well, she when she brushes I'm like why are you mad at your teeth girl she brushes with a ferocity yeah I, mean, I really think her dentist would recommend not doing that and then they did Alyssa you know Alyssa was doing the like you you're wearing a sweatshirt and you stick your arm through and you hold the other sleeve and then you put your arm in the middle and you do the little like yeah. up, down, up, down with like the Jasmine squeaky sound effect on it. That was very funny. She looked, they made Alyssa look like Ace Ventura or something. <laughs> like she was like Ace Ventura when he goes to that mental institution. <laughs> put me in coach. <laughs> I want to talk about the uh, Clement O'Brady and the murder house. Murder house. Yes, please. We we had a little bit of a text discussion oh, about this. We sure did. It is spooky season. It is I September know. 17th. So it's like, just like, get the sweater out. We're ready. Get the mold wine. Mm. Carve that go, pumpkin. And get your Hall Hall Halloween Horror Nights tickets. Oh my gosh. I wish. Um, I, so... Saw, saw that this was like the haunted house one. They always do this every year. Yeah. And I'm like, no, I don't care that like I'm in the final four. I'm not doing it. I don't want to do team it. Taylor. Team and then up. Taylor did. And then <laughs> this is before Taylor did what I always wanted to do. She just does this and she just like curls into a ball and scream cries and it's like, I'm not doing this. And I'm like, this is the most identifiable 
This is the most I've ever identified with anybody on television. (laughs) Yeah. I I love Queen Taylor because I tweeted about this while I was watching it because Taylor in the DR versus Taylor as a player (laughs) are so different. And I know they all are like all of their DR personas are pretty like hammed up and ridiculous. But Taylor Taylor's is like on a different level. I know that she and the producers are in on it together where they're like, we got to make sure that you're giving us good GIF. Like raise your eyebrow, arch your eyebrow. So we have that GIF. Um, Give us a little like glare and head nod. She does this like sultry, like spy sort of thing like yeah i'm gonna win the veto and i'm gonna get my way i wouldn't say it's like the most iconic or engaging like dr persona it's fine it's fine it's fine yeah i'm not a hater on it they all do it but it's just real yeah the the thing is the thing that makes me laugh is that she they give her these drs and then we cut to her playing the game and she's just like immediately i give up (laughs) (laughs) so like and someone tweeted i tweeted about it and of course one of taylor's fucking fans comes at me in the dia and not in my mentions and is like actually taylor's friend was murdered when she was young and she has ptsd so you you know like I'm sorry. I didn't realize. How would I know that? I'm a casual. I didn't realize that she had PTSD from a friend being murdered. Of course, that sounds horrible. Sorry. What? I don't mean to like dive in or make it like make fun, but was Taylor's friend murdered in like a haunted, a haunted house? house? <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think so. I think it's just like the idea of someone maybe like hunting you down. I don't know. I mean, I just don't think I'm coming at this from a totally different perspective from Brett and Taylor, where like I love scary things. I love spooky. I love haunted houses. I also don't think this sounds scary at all because the only thing it really seems is difficult because you genuinely can't see. So, okay. That's the fear. That's the fear is you don't know. Actually, it probably wasn't that scary because here's the thing that really freaks me out, but you wouldn't have known is when you have the human actors there. Because sometimes they do the scary thing and there's like, no, there weren't. It was just mannequins. It was just mannequins. But they've done the spooky, like, lights off haunted house comp before. And there's like, there's actors there, like, dressed like ghouls and goblins, like, jumping out. Yeah. No. No. But logically, you have to think it's still COVID times. They're not going to hire these people to come in and touch me. Because that would require CBS paying for these actors, day players to like <laughs> take COVID tests every day and and quarantine at a hotel. And they're just not doing that anymore. Where's Chris Joseph? Joseph. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> he is having trouble paying his rent this year because of COVID and BB. We have been saying all summer that this is like the most, this is the best season of Big Brother in like 10 years. Yeah. Can it be? If it doesn't have Chris to Joseph in it. That's such a good question. I, I don't, I think that is a knock against it. There are three more episodes left of BB 24 Sunday, Thursday, yeah. Sunday. And there is nary a CDJ to be seen. <laughs> there is still time to, they didn't, he doesn't even have to like get in their faces the way he usually does. He could just be up on that balcony the way Dr. Will. Wants yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he could be like the host of the final HOH or whatever. He could be in the, the final fest. I have, I have to say, I am impressed that they have consistently had fest be part of the comps. You know, usually yeah. they give up on the theme. Yeah. But they still, even though it was just like Julie's clothes fest, <laughs> they still are trying to hit it. <laughs> Winner with the end of the season fest. Yeah. Maybe a harvest um, fest. Maybe a harvest festival. Ooh, yeah, pumpkin fest. Oh yeah. That would be so for me. So I think I would kill it at this comp. Anyway, um Monty won this one. Who won this one? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Monty I'm won. Talk about Monty now, a little bit. I have to say, I say this every week. I do think it is finally gonna be boring. <laughs> There's only like three episodes left. Yeah. But but I was like, yeah, of course he won this. Boring. It was awesome that Brit, Brit Comp Beast won the next veto. The clock. This one I was so confused by. The clock veto. Cuckoo clock fest. Yeah, it's like a puzzle. It's like an <laughs> Yeah, but I don't know how puzzle. they would have done that. And why'd they do it so early in the morning? That was weird. I like that. I, I like, like it that. Too. Wake them up. Because I woke up in the morning on... 
on Saturday, I don't know why I checked Joker's, like assuming, I guess I hadn't seen the nominations yet or whatever. And I was like, oh, yeah. nominations and the veto are already done. And it was like seven in the morning. I was like, oh, okay. Or maybe they did a Friday night. And it was, why did they Monty- did do a Friday night at like three in the morning? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Make them tired. It, it, yeah. Take them by surprise. <laughs> it's fun to, to mix it up on them every once in a while. Monty did not get down there in time. Also, maybe it's like so it's been so blazing hot in L.A. It's like let's do it at three in the morning when it's only 78 degrees. Right. Instead of. Yeah, they did look very sleepy, I must say. That Monty thing. Rough. Rough, I guess, didn't really matter. But (laughs) why couldn't he why couldn't he just get his ass down there? Two minutes seems like enough time. No. Two minutes is so much time (laughs) to walk down the stairs. (laughs) Yeah. And put on shoes. And like, even if you got to do a 35 second. I was trying to think release, like, what would I grab? Because you don't know what kind of, you don't know what kind of comp it's going to be. So I'd be like, okay, grab a sweater, grab your running shoes, make sure you have your glasses. I'd be like, wait, maybe I need a bottle of water. <laughs> what if I need like a different kind of socks? I, I, I'm, I'm not sure a they have all that. I'm sure they okay. have all that. I'm all sure right. they have a little porta potty out in the back ready to go. Mm. I'm sure. I'm sure if you got down there and you were like, I'm fucking dying of thirst. It's the middle of the night and I desperately need to go to the bathroom. I think they would be like, here's a little Gatorade cooler full of water and here's Mm -hmm. a place so you don't pee on the fucking AstroTurf. I would think that, but the way they made them actually live outside for Direfest, actually, I think there are a couple freaks behind the scenes at Big Brother and maybe they're listening and they actually love seeing the house guests suffer and in pain. Yeah, I mean, that's good. That's good. It was interesting. <laughs> so Brittany wins and she goes, this is for Michael. And Turner does a very funny face. Turner went down in my estimations this week. He he reached a new high, but now he's down low again. Oh, no. Because, and it's not really like, it's what I want in a player where he lied to Alyssa's face. Basically, so Alyssa and Britt were on the block. Britt came down. Monty puts up Taylor, who he is having romantic liaisons with but i don't think they were having the liaisons yet or at least the show didn't present it that in that order okay yeah they presented well, it as if the liaisons began after the nomination which is crazy taylor i mean she i will say she's been horny all summer which i do relate to <laughs> yeah yeah hot girl summer <laughs> <laughs> we got to talk about that part uh of, there, there's a lot to talk about I know. I kind of jumped just because I was fixated on Turner. Turner had a very funny reaction. She won. You got to give it, give it up for my girl, Brit. Give it up for her. For sure. I think scorned Brittany has been the best version of Brittany that we've had like all summer at the same point. I wouldn't, I still wouldn't call her, call her like the best big brother player ever like she goes to Monty and she does this like hey if you don't do what I say I can't you know I can't I can't tell you what's gonna happen like you know and it was just like it was not really a good pitch to Monty of like hey do this or or else um yeah I don't know I think people like want to feel like included and worked with rather than like sort of indirectly and cheaply threatened which is what Brittany did and you're like I don't know it's like she's yeah I mean that's the thing that's where she and Alyssa went wrong this week is they both went about it in a more threatening way than they needed to mm-hmm. like because Alyssa did the same thing with Turner where she was like if you don't vote for me to say you're, you're not going to be my friend anymore <laughs> which like Perfect for the type of player Alyssa is, which is not very good. I believe. Well, that's the thing. I believe her because she everything is pretty much like face value with her, yeah. and like that was a little bit cringy too. Because like Michael, because Turner is just like, stop being emotional. You're being an emotional woman about this, and you're like, yeah, not great for the woke king. Well, here's the thing. I didn't think it was a good pitch on Alyssa's part. However, what I'll say is they really were best friends. Like every time I would watch feeds, they were getting along. They were always hanging out. And so I do sort of see her. If she's basically saying like, just don't blindside me. Listen, it's final five. 
Like, just give me the heads up if you're voting me out, because if you it's it's the fact that you're not being honest with me about voting me out, that will piss me off more than you voting me out. That I totally get and think is fair. And in that way, I was sort of like, yeah, why are you burning her? She's your best friend in the house. Just tell her, like, tell her the truth. Listen, yeah, I'm going to vote you out. It's the best thing for my game. I'm sorry. She's not going to do anything about it. She's not going to be able to spin Monty to vote to keep her. So yeah, just and also just like Monty, Monty wants you out because he doesn't really see a path forward with you. And I'm working with Monty. I'm working really closely with Monty, more closely than I am working with you. And for my game, I need Monty to kind of stay happy. And if I don't vote for, if I don't vote you out right now, that's severely handicaps me in the next round of the game where Monty could win, you know, like Monty can control a bunch of stuff. Monty, like, and if he just feels burned by me, he might not take me to the end. And yeah. TBH, as Julie burned her, she hasn't won <laughs> squat this season. <laughs> I know. She, yeah. Alyssa really will go down as like, Honestly, the type I usually like the least in Big Brother, and yet I found her... I really liked her personality. I don't know what to tell you. I just thought she was very likable. I... I... I, I will I just forget her was, immediately once oh this season Oh my gosh, she's completely over. forgettable. I, I, in fact, I forget her already. <laughs> Goodbye, <laughs> Melissa. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I, have, I liked... Can we talk about Britt's strategy? So Britt went from being BFF with Taylor... To saying, Taylor is ignoring me in my time of need. And you know who isn't? Alyssa. Alyssa's coming over. She's giving me attention that I crave. She's petting me like the little kitty cat that I am. And Do you know I what it was? What? Because Alyssa, no, because Brittany hypnotized Alyssa like three weeks ago. Remember that? <laughs> right, it might be a right. little like Pied Piper thing where like subconsciously <laughs> Alyssa's like, Brittany is my master now. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so, of course, Britt's going to want to keep her going to want to keep her around. But, um, yeah, it was just well, it was a funny scene because, like, Brittany's in the bathroom, which has kind of a direct shot line of line of sight to the kitchen. She's like putting on her makeup and she's just like trembling and just like dying inside. Crying. Taylor's like, you know, it was really funny when uh, Michael burned Britney's ass. <laughs> <laughs> Coming out of the game. That was wild. Michael's really good. All the stink. I love Michael. I miss him. We should have kept him like, when he was sitting next to Britney. Uh, Britney's just like cries, just like can't hold back the tears. And it was good. We love Taylor. I personally think a Taylor win is for some, is very possible, and I think that is very. the best. That is the best and most interesting outcome of the season right now. Like the yes. with the remaining pieces on the board, I am rooting for a Taylor win, everybody. But I think Taylor also has like a number of like flaws that continue to happen. It's a repeat of Week One where she's like. Let's all have a fashion show starring me, the hottest person in the house. <laughs> and everyone's like kind yeah. of weirded out and threatened by it. Sorry. Yeah. That happened. Did the Taylor, did the anti-Taylor stuff in weeks one through three go too far? Absolutely. But in week one, when nobody knows anyone and the hottest person in the house is like, look at how hot I am. I'm not, I'm not totally surprised that the other women felt somewhat threatened by that. Yeah. Sawi. Yeah. So yeah, there's Sawi. just like little things like that where it's like Taylor's just like doesn't totally doesn't have like the perfect social game because sometimes she does stuff that makes people feel a little bit alienated. And she's yeah. open about it. She's like, yeah, sometimes I, I need to be really direct with people. I don't people need to be really direct with me. I don't get sometimes I don't get when people are interested in me or people don't get it when I'm interested in them. You know, and it's like we love Taylor. I'm rude. I'm for sure rooting for Taylor over any of the other people at this point in the game. Yeah. But like, I mean, I'm kind of rooting like, for Brit, what, the, what, the, what are you doing, girl? <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I was actually thinking about it because I, I think that Taylor has a very strong shot of winning too. And I'm sort of wondering, I was going through in my mind, I was like, okay, if X wins, if X wins, what does that mean for this season? If Monty wins, that means this was a boring season where another bro, well, no, it was a great season, but it's a boring winner. Another bro wins. Monty would, a Monty win would be along the lines of 
a Cody Calafiore win, a Drew Cody Daniel California. win, like yeah. Hayden Moss, like kind of just like guy next door guys who are just like I'm there yeah. and I'm like the most guy guy in a very powerful alliance that is like and I won even when Xavier I to, to an extent. Yeah. Like Xavier was pretty honestly. I'm not. I think this is like along the lines of Casey win, win too. Just like person yeah. who's like really there, pretty good at the comps and like kind of boring and just like gets through by being like the most inoffensive person in like a major alliance that somewhat dominates the game. Yeah, uh, like, totally. That's like a quarter of the winners, right? Like an incredibly fun season with like a fine winner. Yeah. Fine. Um, and then for Turner, I was like, okay, this would show that if Turner wins, it's like the lesson is you have to be really flexible and go whichever way the wind blows. Because <laughs> that's yeah. what he did all season. Absolutely. Like, I th- I think he, for sure, I, and he had, he had a really good social game and he always made people feel very comfortable. He was, I mean, he yeah. was best friends with fucking Terrence of all people, like for <laughs> yeah. portions of this game. And no one gave Terrence the time of day half the time. Yeah, if Brit wins, it's like being a rat and a little flea can actually be good for your game. I really and have then, a hard time seeing Brittany win. No, Brit's not going to win, but that's what the lesson would be. Yeah, and then if when when Turner, I mean, sorry, when Taylor wins, if she wins, I think the lesson is like Grace under pressure will get you very far. Like yeah. at, at, honestly, a superhuman amount of Grace under yeah. pressure. And under, like, yeah, people not liking her. And then, I guess just because she was part... we we People fixate on her being the underdog from those first couple of weeks. But we have to also acknowledge the fact that she was in the majority alliance that was in power for some very important um, evictions. And she, she herself was, was HOH during she, one yeah, of those. Yeah, she this is her second HOH, like... Yeah. So she, she wasn't. She's no slouch she, on the comps. Yeah, exactly. It certainly had power she, at points. It was just that she was in such a low position in the in the yeah. very open of the game. Yeah, but, exactly. Um, and it's, so it's just like keep your cool. Never. I mean, I don't really like this lesson, but like keep your cool and never retaliate. I guess <laughs> I don't all, like that. <laughs> also, she was the but, main target of the opposite side of the house because it's like you. Monty and Turner were in the same alliance as her, but they weren't being targeted by the other side of the house. Like everyone's like mm-hmm. cool with them. We're yeah. like, oh yeah, we'll go after them later in the game. They're too they're they're too hard to get out at this point in the game. Like no one, they were going. The other side of the house was going after her and only her when it didn't even make sense for them. Like that yeah. was kind of how low her position was, even though she was still in a she was still quite protected by her alliance it was just like she had this bullseye on her for no reason just because like four people on the other side of the house decided they fucking hated her and would rather submarine their own games just to get her out yeah so some interesting lessons from any of the winners yes should we get into another interesting lesson yes lesson of love oh please so I think to add to the Taylor resume, I think taming the bear or whatever was going on <laughs> in that HOH room, I think this might have been like the most incredible Big Brother move in history. I Especially mean, if it's revealed where it's like it's it's like finale night and Julie's like, Taylor, Monty, it was something you guys smooching or whatever. You think there's some life after the game? And Taylor's like, no. <laughs> nah, I was just horny. I mean, I do. I've Not just them, horny, I, but horny, for, but like basically giving yourself to your body, <laughs> your love, your flower, to the person who's going to be the be the tie breaking vote in what seems like it yeah. might be a tie vote. Like, I don't know if Taylor's there. I'm not 100% positive Taylor is there if, like, this thing doesn't add... Cement it. Yeah, add 15% yeah. more reason for Monty to keep her. Yeah, femme fatale. Yeah. 
Um, I I hope that is the reason. I really don't. Th- I really think they were both just very very horny, and they had the HOH bed, so they were like, "Let's do it." Yeah. Because I've watched a little bit. I texted Brett when they first start, started hooking up. I was like, "OMG, they are doing it." But I, the vibe I get, I'm just like, I don't think they actually it's like cash. each other. Aside from you know, they're friendly, of course, but aside from the the heat of the moment. The heat of the, the bear. Sensuality. Yeah. The uncaged snake, as Monty called his sing along. How, how bad do you feel for Joseph? He's not aware of this. <laughs> I don't feel bad at all because I don't think Joseph likes Taylor. Oh, really? I never thought that he had any feelings towards her other than platonic friendship. I, oh, I thought like, it was like don't mutual drag horniness. Me for this. Pardon? I thought there was mutual horniness going on. I do not think, I think Taylor was horny. Taylor's been horny all season. That's been another theme. Be horny. (laughs) (laughs) She wanted Daniel. She wanted Joseph. And now she got with Monty. Good for her, I say. I celebrate that. Oh, yeah. I forgot she was into Daniel, who hated her guts. Yes. So I, but, okay, again, don't cancel me. This is just a feeling I get. I could be 100% wrong. I didn't think that Joseph is into women. Okay. But I could be totally wrong. And if I'm wrong, that's fine. It's, I don't know. But. It felt like, I don't know, it felt like there was like, there was something going on with Taylor and Joseph. I think they were just friends. I really think, I do. I did not sense any romantic connection whatsoever. There was just no chemistry between them. Romantically, friendship-wise, absolutely. I think if Joseph came back from Direfest, it would have been on. Well, listen, we'll see what happens when the season's over and they're all getting together. Maybe they will have a little tryst. But I just it really read to me because he flirted with everyone. He was very flirty with everyone. I didn't see any particular affinity for Taylor, except when they were like, let's do a fomance to like play up to the cameras and play up to the other side of the house. Sometimes it's like you're cast in the play and you're Mm -hmm. like the husband and wife or like romantic Mm -hmm. leads. And then it happens. Well, I the think that romance happens. buds out of the showmans, out of the like. Well, we have to make out on stage every night. What I think will actually happen is they'll get out and they'll see how many shippers they had, oh. Taylor and Joseph, oh, oh. and they'll be like, "Oh, we gotta milk this." Jo- oh yeah, Joseph's. I mean, Joseph is definitely like one of the fave house guests this year. Yeah, which I I like him, but you know, sorry. I don't really see it. He's not my fave. When Jasmine was in the house. (laughs) (laughs) When we had Jasmine, Michael, Brittany, even Turner, despite his bad behavior this past week. I don't know. I just think it's uh, I think it's a miss. Imagine if Marvin was there, man. God, miss. I miss Marvin. We all do. So, yeah, they, they've been hooking up constantly, Monty and Taylor, every night because they both, they both want each other. Are they a power couple? Are they a BB power couple now? Oh, yeah. Honestly, yeah, I I, so. and I, and I, when that happens late in the game, it's like probably the most optimal because like no one, yeah, no no one, one can, can come at you. It's too late. Do anything. Yeah. It's too late. <laughs> Kyle, yeah. Alyssa, everyone knew about that shit early. They were going to come even, after them But eventually. it didn't even make them a threat. <laughs> like, no one really cared. Well, it's because Alyssa was not a threat at all. Yeah. Other yeah. than to, like, get drunk. I Also, by the way, there was the last time Alyssa had cider flashback <laughs> yeah. on Sunday night. <laughs> it was funny. <laughs> it was cute. Um, okay, so what else even happened? So, okay. yeah. So, um, that's... that's Pretty much. I just want to say that I think this this Taylor move to start hooking up with Monty is not. There's a it's the food pyramid. The base level is horniness. That's your carbs. Mm -hmm. Eat eat so many carbs as school taught us. Just eat all the just eat a load of loaf of bread a day. It's good for you. Mm. The base level is horniness. But I do think there was I do think there was like strategy to this of like cementing that they're going to kind of be like a power couple through the end of the game and that he would choose her over Alyssa. Cause I don't, I don't think it was like totally clear that he would, there was reason to take, I mean, listen, 
Alyssa went home. Spoilers, I feel like Brittany's not going to make its final three. No, yeah. The two weakest players, the two people who I, Brett, would want to sit, I would take the, I would be like, Brittany, Alyssa, final three, let's fucking go because you guys are losers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I would be all about a Brittany, Alyssa, final three. Because I think I would beat them in the end. I want to take the most, I want to take the biggest loser. I would fucking back out, Danielle. Yeah. If you and I went into the house together, yeah, we're very close friends at this point. <laughs> and we were working and we got to fucking final three together. Yeah. And Alyssa was there. Mm-hmm. I would absolutely gut, gut you. I would absolutely evict you at yeah. final three HOH. I feel the same way about you. I would expect and- nothing less. <laughs> <laughs> and you would be making the right root move. You know why? Because I'm like Michael. You might look at me and not think I'm a comp beast, but I do Barry's boot camp, honey. Okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, listen. We're aiming for a final three of actually like three relatively equally resumed players, e- uh, players of pretty much yes. equal um ability and uh, so good on Taylor for like locking that down man wise good on her for locking it down strategy wise because I think other players Michael like if Michael were there he'd be like fuck yeah I want to be with Brittany because I can beat Brittany and fuck yeah I want to be there with a listen like because I think even Michael would probably be wary about taking Taylor being keeping Taylor along this long because he's like great story, good competitor, all the things mm-hmm. that we talked about, what we like about her. So, yeah, I I would kill to watch either Monty or Taylor cut each other at for final two. That'll be the most interesting thing is who Monty would take. Be- to final, I guess we should probably move into, into spoilers and crap like yeah, that. Yeah, let's move into but, it. But uh, I do want to. Okay, one more thing from the episode. It's like the the HOH cop, the HOH. One of my fucking British <laughs> HOH hips, <laughs> hips and spices. I. They, they, the HOH comp is over. Taylor wins, and they're like, room for one more segment. So they're like, we're going to talk to the players when we get back mm-hmm. from break. And it's like, we get back and there's like five minutes left and it's like, Taylor, how does it feel to win HOH? And Taylor's like, oh, it's good. And Julie's like, okay, great. Thanks. All right. And that, that was it. <laughs> <laughs> like, I didn't ask anybody anything else. And I didn't really get much of an answer out of Taylor. And it was like, all right, here we go. Here's the it. schedule. We got to get to third. We got to talk about the football schedule. We got to talk about 60 minutes coming on. Why even? Yeah. They did that the same, this exact same when there was like seven people in the house. They were like, let's go around and ask everyone how, oh yeah, what they miss about home. It was like, what the hell? Yeah. She she should have told them the queen died. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Tell them a little piece of news. Tell them the Hunter Biden movie's out. (laughs) Tell them about Don't Worry Darling. Yeah, exactly. Tell them something important. Don't just ask them how they feel. We know how they feel. We watch them for good. 24 hours a day. <laughs> well, everyone's like, good. No, oh, great. Okay. Okay, we got to yeah. get into, into beefy, beefy, juicy stuff. Um, yeah. Okay, so Taylor won HOH. We know that. Um, it doesn't really even matter who the, the nominees are because it's Final Four. Uh, because Monty won Vito. Right. That's the most important piece of information. Monty won veto, which I saw and I was like, oh, that's like the most boring, most boring thing to happen. And he's going to evict Brittany. Spoilers. Yeah, of course. Because well, this is maybe worth discussion. He's going to evict Brittany because he feels that if Taylor or Turner were to win HOH, final HOH, they would take him. And he's probably right there. However, I don't know if Monty is necessarily guaranteed to win against either of them. Yeah. I feel like any of those, we're going to have a Taylor Turner Monty final three. And honestly, I think it's like any permutation, any combination of those three in those final two chairs. I think it's like kind of 50, 50 very much depends on who wins that final, (laughs) who wins the final comp. And it depends on speeches. It depends how they 
present their case. Um, Mati is choosing to nearly have a 100% chance of going to final two, but I, I don't necessarily know if he would win versus if yeah. he got rid of Turner, for example. Huge thing on the on the resume. And then if he takes wins again and takes Brittany to the end, it's like, that's it. Slam dunk. It's over. He wins. Yeah. So I, I'm, I don't know. What do you think? I just think it sucks that <laughs> the week where I turned into the most unapologetic Brit Stan, who was that's rooting for the rat queen. That's what we do I was, on this pod. <laughs> When we decide that we're in on someone, it's like, that's the that's the kiss of death. I know. And usually, well, not usually, but like, I try to just root for fun and chaos. But that's why I'm rooting. That's why I was rooting for Brit is because she made the house really fun these past couple of weeks with her breakdowns, with her like threatening Monty, with all of it. It was fun. I enjoyed it. Even last, was it last? No, Thursday night. Turner approached Brittany in the bathroom and was like, why did you, why? Cause Brittany is basically say like lying and saying like, I voted for Taylor to stay. Turner is the one who voted for Alyssa to go. Why would he do that? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And Turner basically confronts her in the bathroom and she just gives him like, you know, Taylor thinks she's the ice queen. Brit ices Turner out and caused him to cry later about it in the HOH room. You know why? Because people aren't used to Britney being a bitchy ice queen. Yeah. They're used to her being a fucking emotional wreck. So yeah. when someone like that is suddenly like, I don't give a fuck what you think, <laughs> it's very jarring. <laughs> and I was ready for that era of Brit. And of course, now she's going home. <sighs> so I'm just a little bummed about that. Yeah, I mean, this was... Fourth place was like pretty out, and that's out the kicking. Worst. Like fourth or third is just the worst place to be yeah. in. Who cares? It's I mean, I, it felt like really like unless you won a bunch of comps or whatever. Like her only chance to get into the final two was like to have Michael around, and even then, yeah. like who knows? Michael might have fucking stabbed her in the back. You know, if yeah. there was. If he felt like there was a 10% better chance of winning the game, if, you know, he took whoever, Terrence to the end or something like that. I don't know. I wouldn't put it past Michael. Yeah, <laughs> it would have been great. Um, but I don't know. I've said who I'm, I, I, I'm rooting for Taylor. I think it would be a very satisfying end of the season. I And I think the jury is pretty positioned to give her the win if she's sitting final two. Um, I don't know. It's like... These last few weeks are always sort of like, whatever. The cookout's coming back. Get the get the tub of cookie dough. <laughs> Kylan's in town. He's got the Airbnb with his friends. He's got a tub of lukewarm cookie dough. He's got some thoughts about the local Chipotle. I gotta say, yeah, I was thinking when when Julie made the announcement that they were going to be on okay. Sunday's episode. I think I was. They showed all of their faces on the screen, and I was like, you know, I'm good not seeing anyone from this season other than Tiffany, and she's already been on an episode this season. I'm like, she's the actual czar. Yeah, of good this for her. I'm happy alliance. for her. But, like, do I really need to see Derek F. again? No. Do I need to see Hannah again? Not really. <laughs> I like <laughs> Hannah. I like Hannah. I mean, yeah. I like I like Tiffany. Good for Xavier. I mean, I'm sure Oswald will be wearing something oh, cool. She's going to look amazing. Yeah. I mean, she was just on the most recent challenge thing. Wasn't Xavier on it as well? Like, wasn't he a high-paid lawyer? And why is he, like, playing tug-of-war? I mean, so was Rachel Lindsay, the first black bachelorette. She was a lawyer and she just. She's now a media she said, person. She's got a exactly, podcast. I'm over She's got it. a podcast. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We don't. I guess even being a high paid lawyer is pales in comparison to that reality TV dopamine. Yeah, I guess you could always go back to being a lawyer. Yeah, exactly. Just take the bar again or whatever. <laughs> I've seen Better Call Saul. I know how this works. I know how this works. Okay. Questions, should we get into, comments? We should get into a couple questions and comments. So Hello. let's go into our menchies. Okay. Honorable. <laughs> 
I'm going way back. Sorry, let me get back. <laughs> let me get back. Too oh, many I people to listen mention, to our pod and respond to us. I rewatched the first episode of this season. I wanted to talk about that, but I totally forgot. I went back and rewatched because I wanted to see all of their intros and how they came across and like compare it to now, now that they're almost yeah. all gone. And um, honestly, the two that st- stood out were Michael and Brittany's because... They both had their little binders full of notes. <laughs> and so it's just funny that they ended up being like such a gruesome twosome together. Oh, yeah. And I just, uh, I really liked it. It's fun to go back and rewatch the first episode. So let's get into some comments. From Matt May 81 I wish they would send the cookout to the jury house for a few hours instead of having them hang out with Julie. Hashtag Kyle's nightmare. Um, I did want to mention, I wish we saw some jury house. I know it's coming, but I feel like we haven't had enough, especially with like Michael walking in right after Terrence. I feel like the next, I mean, if you're bringing in the cookout, like I, I feel like we're, there's going to be a lot of fluff for the next two up two or three episodes. Like we even yeah. had the thing this week of like, what are you going to do with the money? And like Alyssa was like listing off like eight things that she was going to do. It's like, yeah, you don't know how much things cost. Like right. it's 750 K <laughs> sure. But you only get like 400 K and you're like, you're going to start a business and like your mom's going to retire, like 400K. Yeah. It's like, okay, it's like four years. I don't think one person can retire no. off of 400K these you live days. You in fucking wherever. <laughs> <laughs> Under the sea, <Whoa>. maybe. <laughs> uh, will Big Brother ever learn to just speed up the end of the season? Even the better seasons, which I put this one in that category, drags so much in the final two weeks. I totally agree i think partially that's why they're like not doing a wednesday episode well they're well, they're not doing it because like survivors on or whatever but like uh yeah like yeah this this season should be over like on they, they should end it on thursday like i don't know why there's like a thursday episode and then a sunday episode yeah. Yeah, it should be over this week, I believe. I agree. Because, like, what? I'm not going to watch the feeds this week. Nothing's going to happen. Oh, no, Even good. though I support Monty and Taylor hooking up, I don't need to watch it. I support it. No. I've seen enough. I've seen enough. I've heard enough, like, <laughs> kissy noises on a mic. I don't need any more. <laughs> um, from... Miles, between being an episode-only superfan and being both strategically and socially messy, is Brittany the house guest that most wow. embodies the brand of the Hey Julie podcast? Absolutely. I was going to say, no, because we've already <laughs> had that player. Her name is Paloma. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Chrissy from BBOTT. What is Chrissy from BBOTT as well? <laughs> My wife. My wife. <laughs> I absolutely <laughs> think so. And I think that's why I finally came around to her this week. Because I was actually kind of a hater of Britney's just because of how annoying she was in the DR. She's got an abrasive vibe. She has a very abrasive vibe. She's like a very annoying Disney adult kid vibe. who's like knocking at your door at 6 a.m. Like, come on, you said you'd be ready to go at 6 a.m. Like, we need to be there for because <laughs> Mickey opens the gates at 7.01. Yeah, speaking of Disney, definite Disney adult vibes. Um, So I was really anti her, but now that I have come to recognize her for being the chaotic, messy genius that she is, yes, 100%. She is the Hey Julie mascot. It would have been interesting to see, like, maybe she doesn't connect with Michael or whatever, or Michael leaves much earlier in the game because she was, like, really unlocked by Michael leaving. Like, just she's, like, scorned and doesn't give a fuck, like... Love it. That was that was great. You know, we only saw it for like a week or so, but whatever. yeah. Well, like I said, I said this last time or maybe the time before. I think if it if she had more time, and if it or if she and Michael ended up towards the end, and it was between her and Michael, I think she would have pulled a you or me, and she would have cut his ass. I think she has ice flowing through her veins when oh, she yeah. needs to. From It's Matt Steele, do you think Michael's final moments during the double and Britney's go for broke, nothing to lose gameplay this last week will encourage future players to take out, to take more big risks while in the house? I hope so. I hope this is the season that they start showing everyone in in Sequester. I hope this is the season where they start saying, you are such a Michael. So watch this and just play like that. Oh, so fucking BB-16. They keep showing BB-16. Yeah, no. Burn that season. This is the season. This is the best season of modern modern Big Brother that there is. Yeah. Period. That's it. 
and then also from Matt Seal, after years of safe gameplay being the standard, I really hope this season's season ushers in a new era of players who just say, fuck it and go for it. Yes and no. Please, God. There's also oh, going to okay. be like eight recruits every year who are just like, I'm just here to make friends. I'm just here to have, yeah. I'm just here to find a husband. But that's fine. Up, we need the patsies. Wasn't Kyle a recruit? Kyle was great. Kyle? I know. The As a racist? player, yes. No, I know. <laughs> I mean, as a player, he was very exciting. He was, because he was also getting like, if the, if the racism thing didn't happen, it was going to get pretty treacherous there for him because he was playing a sneaky game. He was like, yeah, talk about going along with the win. Like every week he was like, just completely like gutting people. Just changing yeah, allegiances and stuff like that. Sorry. He was good. <laughs> Danielle. Yes. You went to the motion pictures last night. I did. Please I, tell I know us everyone, everyone who listens to this podcast actually fast forwarded to this moment yeah. because they were like, oh, I can listen to the Big Brother parts any old day. But I really need to hear Danny's exclusive world premiere review of Steven Spielberg's newest, most personal film to date, The Fablemans. <laughs> So let me just say, TIFF is happening in Toronto. That's the Toronto International Film Festival. It's a big deal for the city, big deal for the film industry. A lot of high profile oh, yeah. films. This is their this is their stop. Before Oscar, Oscar season starts yeah. now. TIFF. Yes, exactly. So like the trailers are dropping, the pre world premieres are happening. And TIFF hasn't happened in the city for the past couple. Well, it's happened, but it's been like online only. Now it's like in person, real screenings. Real stars are coming. Stevie himself came to introduce the film. Not at my screening, but at one previously. <laughs> so I don't have access to fe the festival at all. I am not an industry person. I have no, no friends except for one who I hit up and was like, get me tickets to whatever's the hottest ticket in town. You know, like, please. Okay, so that's how so, you do, like, the public can't go? No, the public can go, but you have to rush or you have to like know how to navigate the online system, okay. which, you know, during the festival, I don't think it's possible to get tickets for anything. If you just log on and are like, hmm, I'd love to go see the Fablelands tonight. Did you see I our think friend Kevin? Did you rush. see our friend Kevin? No, I didn't see him. I should have hit him up. He probably hasn't in. But um, did he see the end. premiere of Molly's game? Oh, yeah, he did say that. <laughs> on our pod. Yeah. Uh, um, I didn't see him there, though. I got I got my in. I got my two tickets free of charge to go see The Fablemans at 5.30 p.m. on a Friday. The theater is buzzing. It's full of film lovers. Perhaps other press or media types are all there. We're Canadians, so we're polite. We're on time. Everyone is in their seat. Ass is in the seat. 5.30 p.m. for the no start of texting. this three-hour film. No. Everyone is polite. I enjoy a light tipple of a gin and tonic Whoa. because it's in a theater that serves alcohol. <laughs> so I'm lubed up and ready to enjoy this film. Okay. I was in the mindset. I, it's date night, baby. We have a babysitter at home. I'm in the mindset of let me enjoy this three hour film. I was ready to love it. But dear audience, so when I tell you 90 minutes into this three-hour film, my husband leaned across and said, it's a little boring. <laughs> I agreed with him. And I'm sorry to report that we agreed to get up, leave the theater, and use that remaining 90 minutes to go get a drink <laughs> before heading home. We walked out of The Fablemans. We did. That's we amazing. Did if you're not aware, The Fablemans is a Steven Spielberg's semi-autobiographical film about a young boy <laughs> named Sammy yeah. Fableman, who parents maybe in a rough, rough spot, maybe getting divorced, something like that. And he just has the love of cinema. I have to tell you, it was so boring. It was so, so boring. I mean, I... I think this is such a boomer. Like, yeah, of course, this is getting Oscar buzz. This is a movie for 70 year old people who are like, yes, I remember when trains were like so cool. <laughs> like, I just, uh, and they're getting buzz. 
Michelle Williams and Paul Dano are so miscast. I absolutely hated watching them in this film. They're getting, they're like, everyone's saying like, oh, mesmerizing performance. Michelle Williams Michelle is, is mesmerizing so lovable. and everything. She is not, actually. She has, they both have such dark energy. Her performance in this, I was waiting for her to become the Joker. I was like, she is so off. Her creepy smile, they give her a horrible blonde oh. wig. <laughs> and like, everything, the way she's shot and lit, I'm like, I know they're trying to make it seem like, oh, she's just like this pixie dream mother. I'm like, no, she's creepy as hell. I'm waiting for her to buy a gun and shoot up her family. She is creepy. <laughs> and so is Paul Dano. Talk about a freak. I know he was the Riddler. Remember prisoners when they keep him locked up in that box? He's a freak. That's what he should be in every movie. Lock him up. Lock (laughs) him up. (laughs) He plays like the sweet, wonderful father. I don't know. The way he glares and looks at people, I was waiting for him also to like become a freak. I don't know. Throw his family into the river. I just, I think they were so miscast. They have very dark energies. So I just couldn't escape that while watching this film. Maybe in the last 90 minutes, I was proven right. But I don't know. Everyone's saying this is like a lovely, enchanting film about, you know, a love letter to filmmaking. So I don't think I, I don't think I'm right in that they do something evil. Any film that's a love letter to filmmaking is a fucking stick the finger in the mouth barf. Yeah. Grow up. You know what's a love letter to filmmaking? A good fucking movie. Just like a good (laughs) movie. It was just so long. We love Stevie. We love young Stevie. E.T. Yeah. Jurassic Park. Even recent Stevie. Well, I loved West Side Story. I but so here's the here's where we differ. (laughs) I really thought West Side Story was more like West Side Bory. And yeah. you got Ansel up. Talk about wooden, creepy, bad vibes actors. You got Ansel up there? Yeah. Give me a break. I just think his vibe detector is off Steven Spielberg in his late, this latter part of his career. He does like Ready Player One, which is like an animated movie. The BFG, which is like an animated movie. Like Tintin. He's doing all these fucking... Tintin. <laughs> Here's my take yeah. is that like... Stevie's lost it. Stevie's wow. lost it. And Time to retire. I'm going to see this movie and I can't wait to either completely agree with Danny or be like the opposite. And be like, it's a love I'm letter. It's a love letter to the art of cinema. Celluloid. They should have <laughs> had Michelle Williams play Lady Gaga's part in the new Joker because she looked like Lady Joker in this movie. I love Michelle Williams, man. I know. Straight men love Michelle Williams. I think probably gay men love her too, but I what? don't get it. I don't get it. Yeah. Uh, and so this. it was so shocking. By the way, it was so shocking that we would get up and leave that literally every movie theater worker while we left were like, is everything okay? Like, aren't you? And they were like, are you looking for the bathroom? We were like, no, we're leaving. They were like, what? Like, they could not. Did you even do it? Like, oh, it's our daughter. Uh, are the babysitter just called? There's an no, ear we infection. were laughing to ourselves. We were like, we're going to get a drink. Like, <laughs> sorry. And they were like, you know, when you leave, you can't come back. <laughs> yeah. Good. Good. I mean, I'm never going to, I'm sorry. Life is too short to watch a three-hour movie about Steven Spielberg growing up. I'm sorry. I remember when, uh, remember Napoleon Dynamite, everyone's favorite comedy? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That movie came out, and I was like, I just, I never got really around to seeing it or whatever. And I saw it, like, towards the end of that summer, whenever it came out. And the, like, manager of the theater comes out and is like, hey, everyone, you're here to watch the funniest film, like, ever made. Napoleon Dynamite. It's the smash hit. And please stay behind because this is actually like a new print of it with like an extra five minutes of Napoleon like oh, farting wow. or whatever at the end. <laughs> please stay. It's really funny. There's like a post credits thing or whatever. And man, my man, I, I, I watched Napoleon Dynamite. That movie sucked. That movie was not funny. And <laughs> Like I, I, I went it. with my brother and my dad and the three of like the moment the movie was over, we just like got up and left. And the manager, <laughs> it's like the movie over credits, and the manager's standing up front and he was like, What are you guys doing? The credit the end credits, like, more Napoleon, more Pedro. 
And we were like, this was more than enough. We, I cannot stay. I cannot have another five minutes with these people. Nothing about this movie was, was good. It was horrible. Yeah. Anyways, Fableman's Napoleon's dynamite trash. Yeah. You heard it here first, folks. Thank you all so much for listening, for your questions and comments. You can ask me more questions about the Fablemans at HeyJulieBB on Twitter. Send us your mail about um, your emails about Napoleon Dynamite. HeyJulieBigBrother at gmail.com. And we'll be back next week. We'll figure out the schedule because it's like a little bit. It's going to be weird for us to do a podcast the day before the finale of Big Brother. Oh, yeah. Admittedly, we'll be back. We'll figure it out. A little later. We'll see. Okay. All right. Bye, Julie. Bye, Julie.